Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I'm Davey Ferris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and we are so close to games starting out in Arizona. Tomorrow, the spring training schedule kicks off as the Indians will face the Reds at 3 o'clock. I think you'll be able to hear this game on the radio. It doesn't look like they announced the broadcast schedule, and it doesn't look like they're actually going to televise any games out there until mid-March. So maybe we'll pick up another team's broadcast every now and then, but it looks like we're going to be spending most of March listening to Jim Rosenhaus do his best to try to get excited about spring baseball. But I'm excited. And hey, if you're enjoying the show, please help it grow by leaving a rating and a review on whatever app you are listening on, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. We've got an all five-star review so far on Apple. You leave the rating that you think the show deserves. Help the show grow by letting people know what it's all about and how much we love baseball here on Cleveland Baseball Mornings. I really appreciate the support we've gotten so far, and I would love it if we could really help this show grow going into the 2021 season. All right, with that said, let's get into everything that's going on. And to be honest, it is that really slow period for MLB news and for Indians news. It's that time period where everybody is doing their press conferences, everybody is saying the right thing, how positive they are on the season, how hard they worked in the offseason. I think Roberto Perez was the first one to give the I'm in the best shape of my life press conference. Jake Bowers has talked about focusing on first base. Eddie Rosario said that this was the place he was supposed to be. This is the, he's happy to be here. And of course he's going to say that. This is the time that you give the feel-good press conference. Even Terry Francona says his health is doing all right with all the surgeries he's had. So everybody is positive going into the season. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be positive going into spring training. Nobody wants to go into a spring training Uh, being negative on the team. So with that said, this is going to be a pretty positive episode. And uh, since there's not a ton of news to really break down right now, friend of the show, Jeff from Chicago, did challenge me to make a prediction on what I thought the opening opening day roster would be. And the one interesting thing is I believe Terry Francona said in one of his press conferences that he wants to carry nine pitchers in the bullpen to start the season. And if you do that with the 26-man rosters now, that leaves three players on the bench. And one of those spots is going to be taken up by a backup catcher. So could you really go into the season with two guys on your bench that you could deploy, right? A utility infielder and a utility outfielder? With the amount of offensive players that they have in camp right now, I don't see how that works. I just I, I can't picture them carrying only two utility players on their bench. So I did eight relief pitchers and four players on the bench because I just my brain could not handle uh, cutting that many outfielders off this team, to be honest with you. So here's what I did. Here's my breakdown of my prediction of what I think the opening day roster could look like. There are some tough decisions here. There are some really tough decisions in the outfield. There's tough decisions on the infield and in the bullpen. I think the starting pitching is obviously the easiest thing to predict, right? Shane Bieber is going to be your opening day starter. Uh, he probably will be your opening day starter, hopefully for the next three, four, five. We'll see if he gets that contract extension that he was hinting at. I think Zach Meisel teed him up nicely for that in his press conference. And uh, he wrote an article about it in The Athletic, and I completely agree. Like, it... This is the move that makes the most sense for the Indians front office. It makes the most sense for Shane Bieber. Um, 
it's the same thing that they did with Corey Kluber a few years ago. Let's get Bieber signed. Let's give him give him you know sign those first two years of free agency maybe or something like that. Give him fifteen to twenty million a year. You have cleared out the cap space for this. You this is the logical move when you say you're going to reinvest these savings in the team this is it this is the move that lets fans know that yes you will keep one star player around at least for the future so we'll see if they go ahead and do that but obviously Shane Bieber is going to lead the rotation Zach Plesak Aaron Savale even though I'm worried about Savale I'm I'm a little bit worried about Savale he's going to have to have a strong spring here because he really fell off at the end of last season Tristan McKenzie, I, I I don't understand why they, you know, they're worried about him handling the workload. Yes, he's had injury problems. Yes, he had a little bit of arm fatigue last year. But I think he's the kind of guy where, yeah, maybe after three or four starts, you just skip him in the rotation one time. Give that start to Plutko or someone else and, and let him rest and let him recover his arm and do some side stuff and be ready to go for another three or four starts. So he doesn't have to get 30 starts, but he definitely needs to be in this rotation because he was a strikeout machine. I mean, he had those White Sox hitters so off balance last year. I really, really, really hope they don't mess around with Tristan McKenzie and because uh, he's going to be pitching if he's down at AAA. So he might as well be doing it here for the major league team. So McKenzie gets my fourth spot. The fifth spot, it sounds like Cal Quintrell is the real deal out there. It sounds like he is gunning for that fifth starter spot. And uh, I think we've seen enough of Plutko to know that he's not at the level that the rest of our starting pitching has been at. And we need to continue this tradition of ridiculous starting pitching. That's what this team is built on. This is the, That's the only way this team has a chance at competing for a postseason spot for the division. So... Cal Contrill. Cal Contrill sounds like the guy to claim that fifth starter spot. It could be a Logan Allen. It could be a Scott Moss. Their names get bounced around all the time. To be honest, I haven't really been super impressed with Logan Allen in the starts and the relief appearances he's made. And Scott Moss, we haven't seen yet. So uh, I'm hoping it's Cal Quintrill. I think he has definitely a clean shot at claiming that fifth spot, like the, the cleanest path to that fifth spot, uh, the least amount of hurdles to come to overcome. So then moving into the bullpen, uh, I guess Adam Plutko gets stuck out there as your long reliever, as your cleanup guy on days where the team doesn't have it, and as your spot starter when they need to give guys like McKenzie, Savale, Quantrill a rest. So that makes sense to have Adam Plutko out there in the bullpen, right? And they're stuck. He's out of options. So he's either in the pen or you're waving him or hoping he clears waivers. Uh, then flipping around to the bottom of the bullpen, Karen Check is probably going to be the closer, it sounds like. I know Terry Francona would like to use him as that weapon, as that Cody Allen, as that Andrew Miller weapon. But it sounds like Karen Check probably is going to be pitching a lot of ninth innings. You also got Emmanuel Classe down there. You've got Nick Wickren, and you got Phil Maton. I was thinking about Cam Hill uh, in the bullpen, and I'm reading about his... Mandy Bell just had an article about his recovery from his broken wrist. He was in a car accident, if you don't remember, back in November. I didn't remember until I saw Mandy Bell's article. And so it sounds like they're going to take his time. It sounds like they're in no rush for him to be there opening day. So Cam Hill is 
definitely going to be in the bullpen at some point this season. It sounds like maybe not. There's no reason it has to be opening day. So I scratched him off from my opening day roster, and uh, I went with some lefties next. Oliver Perez, I don't. I, I don't see any way you don't put Oliver Perez on this roster unless he absolutely has lost it, unless he absolutely gets blown up this spring. He is the veteran out there. He's been the veteran out there. He's the guy that all the young guys can turn to. I would love to know how much mentoring he's done over the last few seasons out there for some of these guys. So Oliver Perez as a lefty. You need another lefty out there. Uh, so I went with Kyle Nelson. It was going back and forth. Between Kyle Nelson, uh, Anthony Ghost is a lefty um, on the active roster. You've also got Sam Hentages. Sam Hentage as another lefty. And even though like Jake Bowers was talking about him out there in the alternate facility from last year, uh, he doesn't have any major league experience. Kyle Nelson at least got one inning. Um, but Kyle Nelson has more AAA experience. So I just think based on experience, Sam has been a starter for most of his minor league career, whereas Kyle Nelson has pitched out of the bullpen most of his career. So Sam is probably looking at a bullpen role if he makes the major league roster, but I think that spot's probably going to go to Kyle Nelson. They need another lefty out there in the pen. Uh, That could be Logan Allen, I guess. Uh, there's not many lefties to choose from when it comes to this bullpen. I mean, everybody's Anthony Ghosh has been here for a few seasons. It feels like a few springs and it just hasn't broken with the club. So he might be another person that gets passed down to triple a again. So, yeah. So I think that makes sense as the other lefty is Kyle Nelson. And then my last bullpen spot, I went to the non-roster invitee list and I'm guessing one of these guys is probably going to make the team. Oliver Perez is technically a non-roster invitee. I I feel like Brian Shaw is just, I feel like that one's a favor. I feel like that one's like a, hey, you, you were here a few years with us. You know, we liked you in the organization. We don't want to see us sitting out there this spring. Come Come to spring training with us. I don't know if Brian Shaw has found what he lost in Colorado. Whereas Blake Parker was a pretty productive pitcher for the Phillies last year. And they gave him a decent contract when it comes to non-roster invitees. Like, there's enough incentives if he makes the Major League roster to make that deal worthwhile. So, I think Blake Parker probably has an inside shot at that last spot in the bullpen. Um, Watching him pitch, there was another video of him pitching from spring training. And I can't tell you how much he looks like Mike Clevenger. He even he does the even does the arm dangle before he gets set, where he looks in for the pitch and dangles that right arm. Then he rocks as he comes set. He rocks, he rocks, he rocks before he finally sets and fires home. I can't tell you how much that windup will remind you of Mike Clevenger once you see him pitch. So that's who I went with. That's that's my bullpen. I think it's a pretty well balanced bullpen. You got the hard throwers at the bottom. You've got some veterans in there, a lefty and a righty veteran that can match up. And Nick Wickren hopefully will continue to be the solid bullpen guy he's been. Phil Maton probably needs to reach that level. Like I think Maton should definitely be shooting for Nick Wickren levels of productivity. And then we'll see between Kyle Nelson and Sam Hentage who could be that lefty, right? Who maybe Anthony Ghosh? Who could be that other lefty coming out of the pen? Because they definitely need one more lefty out there. So 
that's the mix I'm predicting for the bullpen. Now, getting into the starting lineup, the starting lineup was actually somewhat easy. There were a few battles to think about, but I think for the most part, most of you out there could probably guess what the starting lineup could look like. I got Roberto Perez as my starting catcher. First base was interesting. I went with Jake Bowers. I think Jake Bowers, uh, even though they got him listed in the outfield here on the roster, uh, they've been talking that he's been playing mostly first base. He's going to start playing first base. Maybe they'll mix in a little left field, but it's going to be mostly first base for Jake Bowers come this spring, and he feels comfortable with that. He he feels most comfortable. I think he thought he would have been a first baseman here until he realized that Carlos Santana was coming back to the Indians in that trade. I think he thought he was going to be playing first base. And so being back on the infield, being back in that natural position, I think Jake Bowers over Bobby Bradley, I don't know how much Nolan Jones is going to get a chance at first base. I don't know how much Ahmed Rosario is going to get a chance at first base. I mean, this is kind of the competition. It sounds like Josh Naylor is going to be in the outfield and Jake Bowers is going to be in the infield. So I went with Jake Bowers getting the first base job. That's my prediction. Cesar Hernandez gets second base. I think, I hope, I hope they don't screw around with Andres Jimenez. He came over in the Francisco Lindor trade. He is the better defensive shortstop of the two that came over, him and Ahmed Rosario. Rosario has more experience. He was a highly touted prospect. So was Jimenez, but Jimenez is clearly the better defender. More range. He flashes the leather. I think you will all be very impressed with Andres Jimenez. So I'm hoping they do not mess around with service time. We've seen it before. If a guy can do it in the spring, if he can really deliver in the spring, they give him the shot and they put him on the opening day roster. And I hope they do that with Andres Jimenez here because I think that defense is going to be really important. We'll see how he hits, but I think his defense anchoring... I mean, you had Francisco Lindor there for so many years and you didn't have to worry about it. Any ground ball hit that way, you knew it was going to get scooped up. And I feel like you will continue to have that if you put Andres Jimenez out there. If you don't, if you put Ahmed Rosario as the starting shortstop, it does open up some flexibility on the bench, but I think you will suffer defensively. I think some ground balls will get through. It will not be as sharp. I think Jimenez and Cesar Hernandez could be one of the best defensive combinations up the middle. So hopefully they go that way. Third base, obviously, Jose Ramirez. In the outfield, whether it's left field or right field, in the corner, I've got Eddie Rosario as my left fielder. I got Josh Naylor in right field. Again, if those flip-flop and they're left and right, right and left, whatever, those are your probably your two starting corner outfielders. And I can't tell you how impressed I am with Josh Naylor's energy and his passion. And I think he's going to be a ton of fun. I can see if he gets off to a hot start. I mean, this guy, he could probably be batting fifth. I I can see him batting as high as fifth. Uh, Maybe in a crazy world, batting second, which moves everybody else down a little bit, but probably looking at a fifth or sixth spot in the lineup. And I think that could be a real good high-energy spot. He's a lefty, so coming batting behind uh, Eddie Rosario. Oh, Eddie Rosario bats left. So batting behind Fermil Reyes. He loves mixing up the left and right hander. So if Reyes is hitting cleanup, Naylor is hitting fifth, the left hander behind him. I could see that. I could see that working in this lineup. All right. 
and then center field. Center field is going to be a big competition. We just brought in Harold Ramirez from Miami. We signed him off of waivers. We lost a pitcher to the San Francisco Giants because we had to make room on the 40-man roster. Man, I don't I'm at one point I understand this move and at another point I don't understand this move. Like if you see talent there, then obviously go get it, right? Harold Ramirez has been a pretty fast guy, even though he's kind of built like he's built a little bit like Jose Ramirez. Apparently he is very fast, but it hasn't really translated into stolen bases or uh, ridiculous outfield metrics. But Harold Ramirez is definitely somebody that the Indians clearly like they've clearly been watching and when he became available they jumped on it and so what does that do though for the rest of the guys on this team that are competing what does that do to Oscar Mercado and Daniel Johnson and Bradley Zimmer what does that tell them the guys that have been in your organization that you go out and get this guy I I don't know how good of a message that is but at the same time we're in no position to pass up possible talent in the outfield with that said I still feel like center field is Oscar Mercado's to lose. 2019 was such a good season. There was so much high hope. He struggled so bad last year. I know I've kind of been going with gut feelings for a lot of this list here, and you're used to me going into some advanced stats. I will a little bit for Oscar Mercado. When you look at his 2019 versus 2020, it feels like a completely different player. I mean, he had 15 barrels in 2019 which is a pretty decent number, actually, for someone who's not considered a power hitter. He only had one in 2020. His expected weighted on base average was 314 in 2019. Decent. It was 190 in 2020. I mean, he really his strikeout rate was 17.4%. It jumped to 29% in 2020. So something about the 2020 season just destroyed Oscar Mercado at the plate. And every metric here will show you that things just got completely, completely out of control for him. Um, Things, random things. This this one is the most stark, the chase contact percentage. So when he does chase a pitch, right, is he at least making contact with it? It might be a ground out, but, you know, maybe it advances a runner or something like that. Like there's productive things you could do with a ground out that you can't do with a strikeout. Although there are hitting coaches out there that tell you they would take a strikeout over a ground out because they want guys swinging aggressively. They want guys swinging for launch angle and things like that. But his chase contact percentage was 50.8% in 2019, which meant if a pitcher got him to swing out of the zone, at least he was making contact with it 50% of the time. In 2020, that dropped to 36.7%, which means he was with it. His whiff percentage went from 23.6 up to 29.8. Almost 30% of the time, he was whiffing at pitches. So something was clearly wrong last season for him. But I have high hopes that he can turn that around this spring and come out hot this spring and claim the center field spot again. So I pencil him in as my starting day, opening day center fielder. Then, obviously, Fermil Reyes is the, at the DH. They've talked about him playing in the outfield. That, I feel like that is a conversation every spring, right? Oh, yeah, this, this guy, we're going to give him some reps in the outfield. He's going to be the DH. Come on, let's be honest. That's the only thing that makes sense. Maybe in the National League parks, right? That's the, if, When we go to National League parks, if you need him to play right field, he's at least in shape to do that, right? 
but it makes the most sense. There's so many talented defensive outfielders on this roster, you know, invited to this camp that it just makes way more sense for him to just be the DH and focus on hitting and focus on his approach at the plate. All right, that leads me to the bench. I got four bench spots to fill. Austin Hedges obviously is going to be the backup catcher. Yes, everybody's a little pissed off that there's no real offensive production from catcher, but the Indians really value how you manage a starting pitching staff, how you manage a game, call a game as a catcher. And we have two of the best, two of the best defensive catchers, Roberto Perez and Austin Hedges. These guys are vacuums behind the plate. The ball will not get past them. They will call a great game. They will protect our pitchers. Our pitching staff will be better for them being our catchers. So it's just weird that it works out that they're two of the higher paid players on the team just because they've slashed so much salary. I think on a different team, you wouldn't notice that. That I think it's like $8 million just tied up at two catchers that can barely hit. I don't think you would notice that on a different team with some higher salary guys. They're here for their defense and how they call a game. And I'm okay with that at catcher. I'm really okay with that. Ahmed Rosario is getting my second bench spot. I I think he has a chance. He seems to be very athletic. And he's played mostly shortstop in his career. But the Indians love taking shortstops. They've got like 35 of them in the pipeline. And then figuring out where they can take that athleticism and where it applies to other positions. So, I was going to do this in a little bit, but I've got some hot takes for this spring, and Ahmed Rosario fits into one of those hot takes. So, we'll get to that in a second, but Ahmed Rosario gets my second bench spot, and then my next two bench spots go to the outfield, because there's so many outfielders on this roster that I just, I don't see how they cut all these guys or pass them down to the AAA. The first one is obviously Jordan Luplo. Last year, the talk was maybe Luplo could be an everyday player. Maybe, possibly, he can hit right-handers. I think we've proven enough times that let's just let him be a left-handed specialist, right? A guy who hits against lefties, a guy who crushes lefties. That's that's his role. I know as a player, it probably hurts. You probably want to be an everyday player, but that's the role he's carved out for himself. He's a major league baseball player who crushes left-handed pitching. So I see him as probably getting one of those outfield bench spots. He's been here for what, two years now. He's going to open the he's going to open the the season with the roster. It, it's gonna happen. And he's a righty. You've got Eddie Rosario probably doesn't need to be pinch hit for very often. He's a lefty. Josh Naylor, we'll see. We'll see. Does Josh Naylor and Jordan Luplo platoon a little bit in one of the corner outfield spots? Maybe. It doesn't have to be a straight platoon. I would like to see Josh Naylor get 500 at-bats, but uh, you could see it a little bit there. Uh, Obviously, Mercado is a righty, so platooning with Mercado doesn't make much sense. And then the last bench spot, this one was tough. This one was really tough. You've got two non-roster invitees in Billy Hamilton and Ben Gamble. You got Harold Ramirez, who's on the 40-man roster, right? That's, That's a much easier decision. He's on the roster already. And then you've got Daniel Johnson, Bradley Zimmer, it's tough. It's a some tough decisions to make here. You also have Yu Chang on the infield. Uh, you've got Bobby Bradley on the infield. A few other, Nolan Jones on the infield. Does Nolan Jones get 
opportunities to play first? Does he get opportunities to play the outfield? If he does, if you see Nolan Jones start to bounce around this spring and play different positions, that's because they're trying to create a spot for him on the roster. I think as much as Harold Ramirez is interesting, a new face is always intriguing, I think it would be a little bit of an insult to the guys that have been here if he breaks camp with the team and Daniel Johnson and Bradley Zimmer have to go back to AAA. Like, it would be a little insult to fans. Fans who have been waiting for Zimmer and Daniel Johnson to break through with this club and claim spots on this club. So, my fourth bench spot, my second bench outfielder, I'm giving it to Daniel Johnson. Everybody in Cleveland really wants to see what Daniel Johnson can do. He brings speed as a defensive replacement. He brings speed as a pinch runner. And... Hopefully that bat, hopefully that bat can pop this spring and he can turn into a really productive outfielder for the Cleveland Indians. We need one of these young outfielders to pop. We've been waiting for one of these guys, Mercado, Johnson, Zimmer, to pop and become a you know above average player. If not an all-star, at least an above average player. You know, give us the kind of production that Lonnie Chisenhall used to give us. So I really hope that spot goes to Daniel Johnson, a guy who's been here. Yes, Harold Ramirez is interesting. Maybe he does. Maybe Harold Ramirez comes in and crushes. He had some injuries last year. COVID really held him back last year. He was out for a couple weeks uh, with COVID and then immediately came back, had one game, and then hurt himself. I think a leg injury. And so uh, Harold Ramirez is looking for a chance to play baseball. And so he could be that guy. He could break with the team. He could be the starting center fielder. Mercado could be the guy sent down. Harold Ramirez could be the starting center fielder. And Daniel Johnson could still get that bench spot. So there is so much to this outfield competition. It is definitely going to be the most interesting competition because our outfield has been awful, just awful recently. And there are enough names here and enough talent. I know it's some of the same names we've been seeing, But there is talent here, and with Eddie Rosario now in the mix, this outfield has a chance to get back to the productivity that it used to have. So that's my prediction. That's my 26-man roster that I would leave Arizona with and come back to Cleveland with. So Jeff in Chicago, there you go. Challenge met. I gave you my predictions for the opening day roster. Now, a few episodes ago, I challenged you to give me your spring training hot takes, right? There's a lot of things that can happen in spring training out there in the Arizona sun. There's a lot of wacky things that can happen. So I asked for your spring training hot takes. And unfortunately, not many of you jumped on email afterwards and emailed any into me. So I'm going to have to give you my spring training hot takes. Now, these are these hot takes are supposed to be a little out there. They're supposed to be a real little ridiculous. Like if they were predictable, they wouldn't be hot takes. So for fun, let's throw out a couple of hot takes and we'll see what sticks. We'll see by the end of spring training what sticks. So my first hot take, my first ones are on offense. I think Roberto Perez will be second on the team in home runs this spring. I think, I mean, if you saw the way that uh, Fermil Reyes hit last spring out in Arizona, I think there's no doubt that Fermil Reyes will probably lead the team in home runs out there in spring training. I don't think that's a hot take. I think Roberto Perez is going to come in swinging the bat really well this season, and I think he can get off to a really hot spring. I see him being second on the team in home runs this spring. 
Yu Cheng. Yu Cheng is a guy I really wanted a spot for him on this roster. I really want to carve out a spot for him. With Ahmed Rosario here, I, I just don't see it. If they mess with Andres Jimenez and they send Andres Jimenez down to play shortstop every day for AAA, give him a little AAA experience before they bring him up to the roster, and clearly manipulating his service time. And Ahmed Rosario is the starting shortstop, then I think Yu Cheng gets that utility infielder spot. I think Yu Cheng can play third, uh, short, and second. I would love to see how much of these guys can play first as well. Although you have Josh Naylor who could play first as the backup first baseman behind a, uh, a Jake Bowers. So if Ahmed Rosario is the starting shortstop, then Yu Cheng could be that utility guy. I mean, if Yu Cheng has a good spring, there's a chance he could win the starting shortstop position. He's not out of the mix for starting shortstop. So my hot take for this spring is that Yu Cheng hits over 300 this spring and forces the Indians to make a really difficult decision. I don't know if he makes the roster, but I see him having a really good spring. I say Yu Cheng hits over 300. My last offensive hot take is Ahmed Rosario will play five different positions this spring. They have to find out if Ahmed Rosario could be a utility player, a super utility player. And he's he looks athletic enough to do it. But my prediction is he will play third, short, second, first, and a corner outfield, maybe left field, this spring. He'll play five different positions this spring to see if he can do it. We'll see. We'll see what happens with him. All right. Uh, looking at the pitching side, I had to throw some pitching hot takes in there. Let's go with Tristan McKenzie. I think Tristan McKenzie will lead all Indians pitchers this spring in strikeouts. I think he's going to come out hot. I think that whereas some of the, I can't even say veteran guys. I can't even say veteran guys with a straight face, right? Shane Bieber, uh, Zach Plesak, Aaron Savali. Compared to uh, Tristan McKenzie, are these guys veterans? No, there's no veterans on this starting rotation. But I think maybe Bieber and uh, Plesak might leave a little bit in the tank for opening day. Might, just a slight bit in the tank. I think Tristan McKenzie is going to come out firing this spring. I think he will lead Indians pitchers in strikeouts this spring. And then my last uh, hot take for spring is that I don't think James Karinchek will give up a hit in Arizona. I don't think he will give up a hit this entire spring. Uh, The last two spring trainings, uh, 2019, he only pitched two and two-thirds innings. He gave up two hits. Last year, he went seven and two-thirds innings and only gave up two hits. So it would be really hard to do. It's it's so easy for a guy to get a flare, a seeing-eye single. It's so easy, a bloop that falls behind third base. It's easy for that to happen, right? But let's have some fun with it. It's a hot take. So my hot take is that James Karinchek does not give up a single hit this spring. All right, there you go. I mean... All we can do now is wait, right? The games start tomorrow. There's there's no decisions to make yet. These guys got to get out on the field, show us all that work they've been putting in over the winter, and sh- come out and compete. Uh, they are doing an inter-squad game today, and the pitchers for that, this is from Mandy Bell's Twitter account. Uh, the pitchers for that game today are Aaron Savali, Logan Allen, Kyle Nelson, and Anthony Ghosh. Uh, Kyle Nelson getting that first opportunity there, that lefty. 
Uh, and then for tomorrow, for the game against the Reds, you're looking at Cal Quintrill, Tristan McKenzie, James Karinchek, Brian Shaw, and Heath Hembry, who is another non-roster invitee. So that's pretty fun. Quintrill, McKenzie, and Karinchek all pitching tomorrow against the Reds. So the last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, I updated you last time on The Athletic, who's having a competition to uh, come up with a new nickname for the Cleveland Baseball Club. And they were they narrowed it down from like 240 to 16. They got it to the, the Sweet 16. And now they're in the Elite Eight. And they've decided to just skip the Final Four and go right to the final. I don't know why. An editor at The Athletic thought the Final Four would be a waste of time. I thought the whole point of this thing was to kill time until the season started. But they basically took the Elite Eight broke them up into two, four, uh, four names to vote for in two different brackets, and then we're going to have a final. So the names left are the number one team, the Spiders, the number eight team, the Red Tails, the number 12 team, the Clash, and number 13, the Guardians. So that's the first pool of four that you have to vote for. I put my vote for Guardians. I really like Spiders. I'm pretty sure Spiders is going to win this thing. But Guardians is a name that I thought of that popped into my head when this whole conversation first broke. I think the Guardians could be cool. It could be cool, unique. So would the Spiders. So I think Spiders is going to win out of this group. But hey, I threw a vote towards Guardians. And then the bottom half of the bracket, you've got the number two Commodores, the number six Captains, the number seven Walleye, and the number 14 Blues. I think that... There's enough Blues out there right now. There's the St. Louis Blues hockey team. There's obviously the Toronto Blue Jays. And yes, we can mix and match on colors and things like that. Like it's been done in other sports. But I actually think the Commodores here make a lot of sense, right? We tie into Lake Erie. We tie into the boating history. Uh, The Commodore Oliver Hazard Perry, there's a statue of him from the Battle of Lake Erie in Public Square. So yeah, and Commodores is a, is an old uh, you know rock and roll group, right? So I think Commodores makes the most sense out of this group. So I'm guessing our finals next week will be between the Spiders and the Commodores. So we'll see. We will see what the athletic voters choose. Obviously, this has very little influence over what the Indians actually choose as their new nickname, but it is fun. It is fun to see a big, huge fan vote bracket like this to see where the what name comes out of all the options that were submitted so i will update you next week and let you know what the finals of that competition are so everybody enjoy spring training baseball enjoy listening to jim rosenhouse do his best to sound excited out there in spring training that's all my thoughts thanks for joining me on this cleveland baseball morning Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. There's still time. The games start tomorrow. So if you have a hot take for spring training, go ahead and email it over, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Thanks for supporting the show, everyone. And thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>